0: Recording. 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 I forgot that I do the countdown thing. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Is that what we do? Have we been doing this for like 10, 15, 20, 35 years? Yeah. All right. Man,
1: I'll be do- okay. I- I've will be. been podcasting with you longer than I've not been podcasting with you, I think. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> it's weird as hell. I-, I had a moment there. I was thinking, why have they been so quiet?
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
1: Friends and enemies, welcome to Bad Voltage Season 3, Episode 48, live here from the ninth circle of hell, Great Britain, (laughs) where it's really... (laughs) Really hot, and no one can cope with it. So, apparently, I have received the mark of the beast and the number of his name. <laughs> and, <laughs> honestly, the biggest crisis they called it a, a UN warning because I ran out of ice lollies at about one o'clock today, and I don't think they're <laughs> any left in any supermarkets anywhere in Britain. So, now come on, it's not that
0: hot, you can put up with it. It's not that big of a deal, all right? The whole, cu- kidding. The whole we were, country, we were talking shit before yeah. we started recording about people who were like, Oh, you can't deal with the heat it's like, well
1: <laughs> re- re- i mean sure there are a whole bunch of places where 40 degrees uh, 100 and something i right. don't know how much it is for american listeners um they go yeah that's just what summer is like not here we're not geared up for it here <laughs> but yes <yeah>, anyway so hi, <laughs> right i'm sure language i'm here with um my my co hosts um jono elaine bacon <laughs> and <laughs> Once again, and, <laughs> zero
2: thought went into this before the show. And, and, and Jeremy
1: Elaine Garcia. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: uh, I always knew we had something special together, Jeremy.
1: And Jono, what are we going to talk about this time? Well, we were thinking about talking about the
0: Brave browser. So, um, you know, this browser has been around for, for quite some time now. It's been around since 2015. And um, was it in the last show we were talking about it? Or one of the shows we were basically talking about brave and we said like we should talk about their business model because their business model is i think quirky is an interesting way of describing it so we're digging we're going to dig into that today and we'll see how much time we spend if not if we run out of time we'll do some news so do you want to kick us off and like because you know, Ak, about – you you know more than Jeremy and I do about this. Well,
1: um, so I can give you a summary. So Brave is a Chromium-based browser which takes uh, what they consider to be a strong stance on privacy. That's their their big pitch, that uh, they're very much – they see themselves as not doing the same thing as Chrome. They, uh, they do a lot of work to um, – shut out ads although we'll come back to that and and they do quite a lot of work around um preventing uh code in web pages from gathering data about users and correlating that data across different websites and so on and so forth right And we can talk about that a little bit if we need to but except for the moment the fact that they do that so there are people using it. They have uh currently about thirty six million users there um they've received a bunch of v c funding and what's interesting is how do you turn a browser into a business model now this has been a question for a long time right um and Certainly the people at Netscape were terribly, terribly annoyed in sort of 1996 when Microsoft started giving away Internet Explorer for free as part of Windows, because if you're an operating system maker, the way you make money with your browser is you don't. It's a loss leader for your operating system. You've got to have one, and then it keeps people in your thing. Um, of course, you can then go on to make it a revenue center, but it's kind of the price of entry. If you are a third-party browser, not only have you got to get people to install your thing, but you've got to work out how you pay the staff who are doing it. This has been Firefox's problem since the beginning of time, for example. <laughs> and so Brave came to this with a different approach and they've changed their business model over time. Their original pitch back in 2015 was that what they would do is they would, uh, they wouldn't remove ads, but they'd snip out the ads that were on all the pages that you looked at and replaced them with different ads, which were a bit more privacy-protecting, but importantly, the money would go to Brave instead of the advertisers. They don't do that anymore because, man, did people not like that as a plan. Goodness gracious me. <laughs> yeah, so
0: there was quite the shitstorm over there, wasn't there?
1: There was. And we could argue backwards and forwards about whether it was a good idea, and God knows people did at the time, but they stopped doing that, and they've now got... A number of different revenue streams and so it's interesting to talk about the different things that they do one of them is ads again they do uh, what they call brave ads and those arrive a couple of different ways one of them is if you're running brave you get them as push notifications so they'll send you a push notification of an ad tap on it it loads up which is I think part of their pitch here is that you're making a conscious effort to opt into this because you know Brave get the money, and so you're less bothered by it. If a, if a um, some random application you had just started sending you push notifications with ads in, you'd be like, absolutely not. This is the worst thing ever. Delete that app. yeah But Brave's pitch is kind of, yeah, we do this, and it's opt-in. You don't have to do it. But their pitch is kind of, you're doing this because you're kind of funding the browser, which you like for the re- whatever reasons you installed it for. Now, I'm not necessarily sure that it's a big seller to a lot of people, but equally, as we've talked about repeatedly on the show before, what a lot of people would like is a world in which there are no ads, they never have to look at ads at all, and they don't want to pay for anything else either. <laughs> which is... Kind of a problem, so I think this is interesting. And 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 to be clear, to be clear at this
0: point, Brave block ads by default, right? Uh, like normal ads. Yes. yes. There's an ad blocker, and then you, as an advertiser, can advertise through Brave, uh, and they don't do any uh, user tracking or anything like that uh, through cookies. So they're kind of where you know how um, the the way Apple's going with the iPhone, right? Like Apple have stopped all the tracking on the iPhone, and yep. it's really kind of fucked up Facebook's advertising business. Um, when it comes to the tracking but just to clarify are these are these only push notification ads or do they appear in browser do you know
1: so they also appear in the new tab page so okay. when you so when you open up a new tab but not
2: and, on a web page to be clear
1: as far right. as i'm aware um, the whole idea of substituting their ads for other people's ads on other web pages or inserting them into other web pages they no longer do this they haven't done for a couple for, haven't done for a few years um, okay. I'm open to correction on this point, but as far as I could tell, it's hard to find out whether this has definitely been excised, but as far as I can tell, it has been. So yes, um, and John, as you say, um, one of Brave's big pitches and the reason that I suspect 36 million people are using it is because it comes with an ad blocker built in. So instead of having to install a third party something like ublock origin or something like that you can install brave and this is especially useful on mobile platforms where you don't get extensions or you don't get extensions as much so they they claim that they have 62 million monthly
2: active users or 19 million daily active users is is read right on their homepage um and for context firefox claims about 200 ish monthly million users yeah, I am surprised that Brave has one-third the users of Firefox. I can't tell if this is Brave being optimistic or Firefox really has fallen to depths that I had not realized.
1: Little, little, little <laughs> a little from column A, little from column B. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Right. Um, and, uh, and that number is kind of disputed. I mean, we've got 36 million in the list here, which came from another source. So it's hard to know exactly how many users they've got. But yeah, they they've got some millions of users, which ain't nothing right yeah so they're doing okay but yes they do have an ad blocker built in as i say this is useful on mobile platforms so when i was using android brave was my mainline browser on the phone and the reason for that is because uh, it's good at blocking ads and it's built in and you can switch ads on and off switch javascript on and off on a site-by-site basis and my policy is if your website which pops up a cookie warning and it gives me a reject all button fine no problem right? That's easy. That's good. If you give me a bunch of hassle or make me go through and untick a thousand different checkboxes, or if every time I go to read something, a video scrolls down over the top of it and I have to close that video or something, that's it. You have burned your one chance to run JavaScript on my device. No JavaScript for you. The downside of this is you can't do that on iOS frustratingly, <laughs> there is no way to block JavaScript on a site-by-site basis. Um, there is a sort of a Safari extension, but it's annoying and non, um, so I use Firefox on iOS. Uh, it's not actually Firefox. It's Safari and a Firefox frock, but nonetheless, it's not allowed extensions. So that's one of Brave's revenue streams. There is, they do a bunch of merch and stuff like that, and they have Brave search, which is another thing. Um, it's not clear how much money they make from each of these things, and uh, unless any of you have got some stats that I was unable to dig up,
2: I, I did like to see a revenue breakdown and was unsuccessful and said such. I couldn't find anything. I couldn't find anything. but I was really
0: curious because this is is such an interesting way of
2: running a yeah. business, right? So if you look at the, the two browsers I think of, just to set some context when we're comparing Brave, it, it helps to know what they're competing against really. I, I think of Firefox and I think of Opera. Both of those companies, a substantial portion of their revenue comes from search. In their yes. case, not building a search engine, but partnering with – in Opera's case, Yandex and Google and, and yeah. Re- Mozilla's case – storied history there that we don't need to rehash because <laughs> we've talked about it on the show at length previously. So just to to be clear, historically, that was the major revenue component for browsers that wanted to be a standalone business entity.
1: Yes. And one of the things that I think is interesting there is that even you can imagine a world in which Brave partnered with Google for search revenue, but tried to avoid shoveling data to them or something. But no matter how much they tried to explain how that technically wasn't a violation of their contract with the users and everything, it utterly would be seen that way. So they have to take a big long step away from that.
2: It is wild to me though that they don't consider that a viable option, but they are built on Chromium. So they're beholden to Google for one hundred percent of their development in the end, really. I get that Chromium is an open source project, but like it goes away without Google is the reality there.
1: I mean, to some extent, yeah, but then a whole bunch of stuff we rely on works like that, right? Right. It's
2: just weird to say I don't trust Google, but I will then build my, f- the foundation of my platform will be a Google open source project. Like, there's a little yeah, I mean, irony
1: there. Uh, you, you would, uh, this is much like, you know, Linux Mint or whatever, not trusting Ubuntu and they're building most of their product on it or Ubuntu building most of their product on Debian or whatever. We have uh, the whole point of the Chromium embedded framework is to be a thing that everybody else uses. You know, I mean, whether this is a good idea or well, not, different questions. Yeah. Either. But the, I think, I, th- I think, where there's, I
0: think where there's a difference with Brave, at least from a messaging perspective, I guess you could say is that their whole thing is about, I mean, it says on their website, the best privacy online, right? So their yep. whole thing is about independence and privacy. So to, you know, it says in there, better protection from Google and big tech. Yeah. And to Jeremy's point, when you're, when your product is built on top of that, I just find that it's it's a little bit hypocritical. To, to be fair, it is an open source project and, yeah. and, and, and it goes through an open source workflow. And maybe Brave's viewpoint is, okay, well, if uh, for some reason the Chromium project went bad or Google pulled out, which is not going to happen, um, you know, we'll just... We'll just switch out the rendering engine inside of or people, Brave to something else. Or people else. will continue yep.
1: to maintain Chromium without Google. Sure, Google do um, a lion's share of the work, but you've got Microsoft who are working yep. on it and Bloomberg are working so on it. So we do and have Ligali to cut who some are slack. I think it, it's and, fair. Yeah. yeah. I mean, realistically, if you want to make a competitive browser... Chromium embedded framework is largely the only game in town. I can hear a hundred people emailing us about WebKit and GNOME web, and I'm not interested in their opinion, but, (laughs) um, whatever, right? It doesn't matter. I can hear, I I can, I
0: can sense a hundred angry Thunderbird windows being
1: fired up. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes. However, so we've talked in general about some of their revenue stream, but there is an elephant in the room we have not discussed yet, which is a load of their stuff is to do with crypto. Loads of it. Yes. And before we go
0: into the crypto, can I just come because I know okay. that's a big topic and we're gonna spend some time there. It is. Can we just come back to the advertising a little bit? Because okay. I find this quite interesting is that um I'd be curious who is actually advertising using Brave. Because this is my personal viewpoint. I'd love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Um showing an ad inside of the new tab window or a new tab view seems like from an advertising perspective a terrible like place to do it because when you open up a new tab there's only one thing you want to do is load a website in that tab that's it that's the only thing most people want to do when they open up a new tab and push notifications um i think there is some value to that especially on mobile like we talked about earlier on but the fact that they don't have tracking for ads and you know you know obviously there's there's a whole separate conversation about is tracking on ads a good or a bad thing but we're we're clearly the world is heading towards less tracking not a very which long, I think long overall as good because- um,
1: <laughs> but you know from an advertising
0: perspective ads become a lot less valuable when you can't track the conversion of an ad right so brave don't offer that they offer this tab view way of displaying ads and um and at least to my knowledge like one of the um so, LinkedIn as an advertising network gets a lot of shit from advertisers because the viewpoint is even though LinkedIn is massive, is that the number of people that you can address with an ad is actually fairly small on LinkedIn. So, the numbers don't stack up because yeah. you've got to sh- show a certain number of ads to a certain number of people, and then a, a small proportion of those people will click the ad and then buy your product, whatever. whatever. And I'm willing to bet that Brave has got a far smaller number of users uh, than LinkedIn does. And people, so. I just, I don't understand how this is a viable business for them.
1: Well, how anyone, like, who the hell's going to advertise on brave? This, this is part of the issue with not being able to get a proper revenue breakdown because we don't know whether it's a viable business for them or not, or whether right. they're just surviving on VC money while claiming that it's a viable business or what. I don't know. So the, um, the, the new tab ads, uh, certainly on desktop are basically a full page takeover, right? This is not like a banner ad. It's a full page thing. So that's – it's relatively impactful. I mean, good luck getting that kind of service from any other browser, right? And sure, you don't look at the new tab page for long, but – Fraction of a second? Can you – I mean, so Firefox have – I'm going to open up the uh, new tab page now, right? And and they've got a bunch of stuff in there which is recommended by Pocket. And I very rarely actually look at these – Essentially adds their links to interesting news articles is their pitch, right? Or whatever. Um, and they've and there's a list of links across there, and there are a couple of in there which are just sponsored. So one of them now is for Adidas. I've never clicked on one of the sponsored links in here. A couple of the articles I've I, I saw them out of the corner of my eye as I was pasting a URL and went, uh, that might be semi-interesting. So I can see how it might go people's attention. I mean, in the same way. If a, if an ad comes on while you're watching a TV program, what you're waiting for is the TV program to come back on, right? The, the whole point of ads is they appear in dead spaces, whether that's dead attention spaces or dead visual spaces or what. I think the challenge here is, in my mind, there's like two types of ads.
0: You've got interrupt-driven ads and then intention ads, right? So like with YouTube, for example, people who advertise in YouTube – when you go to youtube and you're searching for a video and you find a video you're searching for something that you want to learn about so if the ad comes up before that video and it's relevant to what you're learning about then those ads do well whereas with twitter facebook linkedin whatever you're in the middle of doing some other stuff and the ad has got to interrupt and grab your attention for it to for it to survive what i find fascinating about brave is that when you open up that new tab it'd be fascinating to know i'm sure they could measure this but they won't because of the privacy focus what is the average time from Somebody opening up a tab to somebody interacting with that tab, whether it's clicking on something or going to a website. I, I'm guessing it's less than a second for most people where you open up a tab and you type a website in.
1: I do not know if they gather that kind of statistic. Probably not, because they're privacy-focused, right? Well, and there, you see, there's that's not actually... Well, in my opinion, at least, gathering anonymous telemetry is not a privacy violation. Now there are a bunch of extremely shouty people who disagree with me about this. Look at <laughs> Look look at when Ubuntu. Welcome did. to the web3 world. <laughs> well, well 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 welcome to the open source community. Look at when Ubuntu did this, right? Gathering, anon- But I think anonymous telemetry is not in itself a problem if it's not tied to a specific user. So they can't say this person looked at the new tab page more than this other person did. And there are a whole bunch of mathematical... But you can do things like differential... Um, uh privacy uh to communicate the data up i've done literally talks about this um where there are ways of gathering um telemetry data anonymously so they can instrument that kind of thing and i'd be slightly surprised if they don't but yeah you do have to actually explain to people why it's not a problem and some people be like you said se- we sent you some data therefore that's bad I'm, I'm getting the i'm getting the puzzled frown from jeremy
2: no i was I, I was puzzled frowning but so i just got an ad for i am not a brave user to be clear firefox and, and chrome different profiles depending on what i'm doing i, I just got an ad but it used the system notification and popped up a giant crypto yeah. ad i th- yeah, when I- you said notification i thought you meant in the notification bar of the browser
1: no 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 no, no. these are these are native push notifications
2: that's terrible
1: um as i say i think their pitch i'm not sure i agree with their pitch i'm sure i like their pitch but their pitch is that you're kind of opting in to the ads and i believe you have to i believe it's opt in oh yeah and that's the other
0: layer if we're talking about the viability like talking about the viability of of brave just as somewhere where advertisers want, want to run ads people have to opt in. And the number of people
2: are going to opt into this stuff is going to be minimal. First right? of all, I do not want to build the future of DeFi with Scripto, which, brilliant <laughs> name. Also, if you look at their advertising list, now that I'm on their site, it's nothing but Web3 companies who yes. will have no money starting tomorrow.
1: Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, and so, this is the thing that um Jono said we should put on hold. We should now bring it back into the conversation, Let's I think.
0: Bring it back in. Yes. Yeah.
1: That They have the issue that People don't want to advertise with them. Because you're intentionally putting your advert at a group of people who don't want ads, because otherwise they wouldn't have they wouldn't even know Brave exists, right? <laughs> so, um, you're already going after that group of people. So you have the same problem that, like, you know how uh if you want to download hooky movies. Uh, you get loads of torrent websites or whatever, which are filled with ads, but they're all really awful ads,
0: right? I have no idea what you're talking about. Because
1: um, the sorts of people who are prepared to advertise on this kind of site, they're aware they get a lot of eyeballs, but their ads aren't accepted elsewhere. This to me feels kind of the same. Brave is a crypto-friendly environment because they have their own cryptocurrency token and they did a whole bunch of... Um, you know, you'll get paid for clicking on ads or when you go to... um, So, sorry, take a step back slightly. I was going to say, you skipped a whole bunch of... I did, I did, I did. did, did. So you've got people like Coil who are currently trying to work on a micropayments infrastructure for the web, right? So the idea is they will um, uh, watch when you're looking at a particular website which is signed in for Coil and then for every second you're on that website, Coil will send that web page Um, 0.0003p out of your stash and then every month or so you put another fiver into your stash or another $10 into your stash or whatever right and the idea is that your this is how you help sites monetize without necessarily having to sign up for a patreon and without having to view ads they're trying to build an alternative funding model for the web that isn't ad driven right you could argue about whether it's a good idea or bad idea, whatever. Brave's stuff is, um, they've certainly experimented with something similar. Brave rewards, I believe they call it. Where, yes. um, the idea is that you would go to, uh, pages and, if you're in brave it would track um the amount of time you spent there and then some money would go to that content creator now two issues with that
2: it tracks your attention which tracking attention for a privacy focused product also a little bit of a weird framing but yeah continue on
1: no they they do seem to have (laughs) rather run into a problem that this I, i think the over the overarching feel that I get from all of this, and when you brought up the the topic of Brave's business model is why it's interesting, is they haven't really got one. They're trying a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, we're in favor of doing innovative different things. Yes. But it does seem very throw a whole bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And I think the difference between when they started talking about a lot of this crypto stuff and now is the attitudes have changed quite a lot. Since then, do we think? So when they came up with the Brave Attention Token, which is, you know, Brave Coin, basically. Originally, it was Bitcoin, but they invented their own attention token, presumably because you could mint another 25 billion of them or so. I don't understand it. Like, don't talk to me about the finances. (laughs) But when they did that, it was seen as quite an innovative way of using this relatively new idea of cryptocurrency um, in a mass market-ish environment. Right? This was the point at which, sure, you had a bunch of people on Reddit who were doing trading, and now they're all multi-billionaires. <laughs> but real people didn't know about this stuff. And Brave yeah. is semi-mainstream, and they were doing a semi-mainstream way of using cryptocurrency, all the stuff that the Web3 head cases talk about all the time. They were actually doing it. But now, I mean, is the whole idea just so poisonous that no one wants to go near it, and that's why all their ads are crypto ads?
2: So uh, probably why all their ads are crypto ads because I can't imagine a mainstream company wanting your attention to be taken in the way that this notification just came up because <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not I'm not buying a thing because of that and it will make me irritate like your brand will now irritate me um, well and what will happen is because you because you can opt in and you can opt out you
0: people may think I'll you know what, I'm going to opt in and I'm going to support Brave you get your first notification. Fucking opt-in out. (laughs) Yeah. So so that's
2: the ad portion of it. For this reward thing, from what I can tell, you if you opt into the system, you will slowly accrue BAT just by using the web. Yes. When you go to a site, there's some sites. The only one I found so far is the EFF, but you can be a verified content creator, and you can donate some of your BAT to that verified content creator via tips or via an automated thing using the attention. Yeah metric whatever that ends up being uh or if it's un, you know obviously for sites that are unverified they don't get anything you can send a tip to an unverified site from what i can tell it will send that site a notification hold your money for 90 days and then release it back to you
1: and they also did um brave kind of inserted themselves in the middle as collectors for uh, things where the site is not the thing so for youtube creators for example their idea was that um, they would collect it on behalf of individual youtube creators who could then just sign up as a creator and bang they get the money now there was some yeah. scandal about that early on where tom scott of whom you may have heard said hey where's my money brave and they were like oh so yeah but that all got sorted out so i believe that stuff is in place but again i don't know how many people are using it and it's hard to work out how much actual money this makes for them because it's not money it's made up internet
2: so you have to opt in (laughs) 10.6 million wallets have been created there's been 3.8 million transactions on the back chain (laughs) Uh, so that means for every wallet that's created, only one third of those people ever have even a singular transaction, which means the top 001% are almost all the transactions here, almost certainly. Yeah. Uh, and over the last year, a bat has been somewhere between 30 cents and a buck 75. It's currently at 42
1: cents. So to give, to give you an example of this, right? I, um, when that first came out, because it was before crypto people ruined the universe, I thought, Hey, wow. crypto I could do this and I could earn these and you know that sounds okay and I can like um you know trickle my attention to websites and they get a bit of the money and that seems good so I signed up right I I ticked the box we said yeah I want to do this and then about a year later they said okay now you need an uphold account which is some kind of um external money handling wallet provider thing and I'm like, okay, fine. So I'll have transferred my Brave account to this Uphold account. And I went off to Uphold and said, sign up. And they went, okay, so now you've got to send us your passport and proof of... File. And I'm like, no, absolutely not. I don't even know who you are. And I looked and I thought, okay, so this is worth about 6p to me. <laughs> Am I going to do this? No. And this is, it's another good example of the idea that People keep inventing, because handling money is annoying, people keep inventing things which look like money, but aren't money, because then they get to dodge all the regulations about it. But as soon as you try and turn it back into real money. Oh, All no, the regulations
2: kicks in immediately.
1: Yeah, uh, KYC immediately kicks in because otherwise you'd be the world's biggest money laundering hub.com.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> if you're going to become the world's biggest money laundering hub, don't register the dot .com. <laughs> <by> <laughs> that,
1: that's a .biz the whole way. No, that's I don't, uh, world's money... <laughs> a World's largest money laundering hub.museum. <laughs> <laughs> <dot> uh. <laughs> so... <laughs> Picture of that guy tapping his forehead. So-,
2: <laughs> so my general skepticism for crypto currently aside, like crypto is currently a chaotic mess and, and nothing works and it's ripe with scammers. But that was true for the internet in the beginning, right? That's kind of a natural progression of how innovation works. And some it's things turns out just yeah. never turn into anything. And some things were very chaotic in the beginning and filled with scammers. The stock market, for a great example, that somewhat parallels crypto. Like in the beginning, full of scammers and a chaotic mess turns out it was useful, got regulated, and now it's still a thing hundreds of years ago. Yeah, okay. I mean, I I think you're underappreciating what a mess the stock market was in the 1800s. (laughs) But this is like a novel use of blockchain technology that I could see being potentially interesting if it wasn't tethered to the current crypto nonsense.
0: Yeah. You know what I find fascinating about this? While we've been having this conversation, I've had this weird sense of deja vu. Uh, And I was trying to figure out what it was. Like There's something about this that seems so familiar. I don't know if you guys will remember this, because this is back in 1999. But do you remember a company called All Advantage?
1: No. No. didn't, Didn't you work for them for a bit? No, that was open <laughs> <up>. <laughs> Don't tell Paul Cooper. I said that.
0: So <laughs> he's going to be quite mad that you said that. By the way, when I email him immediately after we record <laughs> the show. To be
1: clear, I was well aware it was open voltage. That was just like, a completely unconscionable dig at open voltage, who were quite good.
0: <laughs> so when I was at university, um, there was this uh, company that that came came out called All Advantage and their tagline, well, they talked about get paid to surf the web, right? And you installed this software on a computer and it put up like a little banner underneath your browser or at the bottom of your browser. I can't remember exactly whether it was in the browser. I think it was like, I think it was a separate little window that appeared that just showed ads to you, right? And you didn't have to click on the ads, but for every hour of time that you looked, at the, that this banner was visible to you, then you get paid. And I signed up for it, and then um, I figured out a way of running this on every computer in the computer lab at university <laughs> and earned about 60 quid, something like that. But <laughs> I thought it was a freaking game changer. But it's – Brave is basically like – it's like all-advantage, but for the modern age, it's
1: you
2: paid to surf, right? Tune in next show where we talk about stumble upon.
1: i mean i mean your point is reasonable yeah but part of the reason that people keep reinventing this business model is it seems like not a bad business model right
2: yeah (laughs) i have earned two cents in bet, and i only installed brave yesterday
1: yeah so this is the thing and when you try when you try and get that out you have to sign up for that poll account and you'll need your passport and everything so total nightmare it's not worth it for the sake of the dollar you'll get out of this um But, uh, yeah, so that to me is the summary here, that they've got a bunch of really good technical features. If you were to sit down and design a privacy-focused browser, then all the technology stuff they've put in there is a good approach to take. It's not the only route you could go down, but it's a good route to go down. So if you were going to come up with a business model... And
2: your your business model was I'm going to come up with a privacy respecting browser that makes money. You would base it on Chromium and track attention.
1: No, 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 different thing, different thing. Um, I think if you were to design, if you were to say, I want to build a privacy focused browser, um, uh, ignore the business model entirely here. Okay. Um are we we want to build something. Um we do not have the resources to compete with google and microsoft and apple and mozilla in building our own independent browser engine if we build on chromium which is an open source project then we can render all the web pages on the web that be, that we that is essentially no longer our problem we can compete on the of yeah, key feature of a browser. One might say, the most important feature. And then they can concentrate on adding extra stuff. And the extra stuff they've added is good. So um they make it so you can uh, bring up what they call the Brave Shields, which are, um it blocks some ads. It does block everything. You can turn JavaScript entirely off. They've got Tor built into it. It handles a whole bunch of super-duper nerdy stuff like IPFS, if you want it, right? Um And they've got a bunch of nice little features, which in other browsers might be an extension. So they do Wayback Machine stuff. So if you hit a 404, page it can go and look it up in the wayback machine and take you to it which is dead handy because it saves you having to do it manually the whole damn time and so there's a bunch of stuff that which is great and their technical browser development people are good at thinking up features which i think are compelling and then putting them in their browser the issue is they haven't got a business model
0: that's that to me is the thing that i find fascinating about this is that brave from what i can and this is going to sound quite mean towards the brave people <laughs> but i think it's true is that there are a lot of companies who start up and it's the classic venture-backed um Silicon Valley approach, right? Like build a ton of growth and then sell your company. And um I think a lot of people do that because they can see a market need for something, but they don't think long enough or they don't focus long enough on like, well, how much are people willing to pay And what is the lifetime value of those customers? How much are they realistically going to pay in the entire time that they do business with you? So to me, all of this stuff around the – like the advertising in Brave, as far as I'm concerned, is just a non-starter. The crypto stuff is weird, and I don't know enough about it. But to me, where there is a huge opportunity here is to essentially have the browser on steroids right? So you have the privacy focus, but like, I know they've got this like subscription model where you can, where it bundles in things like VPNs and things like that. I could completely see, I could completely see that where you pay, I don't know, $10, 15 a month or whatever, and you get a ton of different things and they can have tiered plans. You got to have a pro plan and whatever else. And maybe even they have functionality for deploying brave browsers across a business, like all the enterprise stuff. To me, there's like a really viable market for that, because it's clear that, Google don't want to particularly be in that business. It's clear that Firefox don't want to be in that business, and that to me seems like a logical. Th- People pay for that, and then you get you get annual recurring revenue that's coming in that generate you know that that supports your business. All of this, the, the the rest of this stuff seems like just a bunch of harebrained ideas, and it, they don't seem uh, to know who their audience. I, I,
2: is. I think their mo- it seems to me their thinking was it's a well proven that browsers can make money with search. Let's start with search right? to try to justify our valuation in some way, shape, or form. And the rest of the way we'll justify our valuation is iterating on a bunch of seemingly random hodgepodgey things, uh, most of which have a crypto bent, but not all of them. Like I don't know where Brave Talk fits into any of this, or there's some other things that seem a little bit strange.
1: As far as I can tell, things like Brave Talk are their um management not being good enough at telling their engineers yeah we know this sounds like a cool idea but you don't get to do it because we have a plan and that ain't in it (laughs) but you'd 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 think that if
0: anyone on this planet is aware of the 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 risks of ha- building a business where you depend on search revenue
2: from a large company. It will be Brendan Ike. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, no, fair. This is fair. Well, I know? think that's
2: why they didn't build on top of Google or Yandex. They yes. bought a search company, right? So their search isn't powered by another search. They yes. acquired a company who did search.
1: I can't remember the name of the company. I wrote. I did write it down. Uh, Tailcat. I do like that they're iterating in weird ways. Telecat, yeah.
2: Did you see goggles? bear goggles? Or otherwise? No. No. So they have a feature on Brave Search called goggles that basically allows you to put goggles on the search. So it's a, a way to apply a filter from um, – what's the ad blocked service they use? Uh, EasyList. List. Yeah, And alter your search results based on an easy list. So you can boost things, you can lower things in the search results, you can say, don't show me anything from the site, you can say anything from Stack Overflow boost by four, it's actually pretty cool. And then you can distribute your goggle, it's open source uh, protocol, specification, rather. So it's like they're that's an interesting concept. I don't know that I would use it, but it's cool to see okay. someone try to innovate on I, I think their philosophy was everyone else is trying to alter the search results you see, why don't we let you do it yourself? Which is
1: like an interesting that, concept. So that to me, um, that seems a bit like so you know DuckDuckGo Doug Go does the um the bang whatever's Yes. They it. um, and and you can write a whole, they, they've got a whole API of stuff where, which you can use to inject new things into the search results or to okay. customize how the search results are displayed and you can share them around between other people. And if the DDG people like one, they might actually right. take it and build it into the browser for everybody and so on. And similar kind of vibe, I think, allowing people to fiddle with Google are very much, you know, what happens in the, um, well, historically, what happens in the search results is up to us and specifically it's up to our AI. Um, and that has changed a bit with, um, things like paid placement and, um, cert- generated search results and what have you, but yeah, yeah. That, I mean, that seems interesting, but I, th- <laughs> it feels like a lot of their ideas would be good if they had 350 million users, but there's just not enough to catch on. But you don't start with that many
2: users, right? You've got to build a reason to not use Chrome
1: sure right. but but then um you you've got to get to that point this is the crossing the chasm discussion right um they have to they they have to swing like they're a huge player because otherwise they don't get any funding but they can't pull it off but in my
0: mind like this is a company that they could completely bootstrap this like where they just say okay who is who is our audience and it's probably not 350 million people let's say for the sake of argument it is uh technology people so they may or may not be developers but they've got a real interest in they care about privacy and they want to use the web on you know kind of like advanced mode essentially they want to be able to do a lot of things with a browser that you can't necessarily
2: do and but the l the ltv of that type of user is exponentially higher than the average web user yeah
0: yes exactly and that's and and that's the in my mind like you could then build an audience of 10 or 15 million people who are those people. They're going to be cheaper to acquire. You've got much higher LTV and then you actually have a sustainable business. And you're not, I I just don't understand why this, why they, why they haven't looked at Chrome, for example, and said, well, who is the audience that's underserved by that? And how do we like, where are they and how much money have they got? And then how do we build something that serves them? And in my mind, it's obvious. Like it's, there's a huge, I mean, there's a global movement of developers and technology people that would, I think would more than be happy to choose that. To me, a good example of this in some ways is like Sublime Edit, right? There's a reason why a lot of yep. developers choose Sublime Edit is because it's because it does everything that a developer, any myriad number of developers w- would want, right? It's, you know, it, like it's I, good
1: at what it does. And what they're not doing is building Sublime developer talk. Where there's right. a, where there's a chat client built into it. And also they're not requiring that, um, I install extensions by buying sublime edit attention token cryptocurrency stuff. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, to, to be honest <laughs> with you, and this may be specific to me, but I don't think it is that I was interested in Brave's underlying goals. And then as soon as all the crypto stuff popped up, I'm like, nope, 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 nope. And just nope my way back away from the project.
2: It's just they do enough things that are weird, like the rewriting of affiliate links is one thing they also got caught doing, and they said it was an accident. But there's enough accidents and enough weird crypto things that it just there's something that doesn't feel right about the org. Even if it's not materially, factually correct, you get enough of a vibe that you're like, I just don't want to deal with it. I'll just use Chrome or Firefox.
1: I think that's the thing. It's the vibe that they could have come across as, you know, we're um the underdog battling for your privacy on your behalf, and that's why we put all this stuff in there.
2: Which should have been what Firefox has been doing for the last which decade. It should have been what Firefox... They, I Brave, know.
1: Brave shouldn't exist because it should be Firefox. And they st- should. They're starting a little bit to do this stuff now. They bought in Total Cookie Protection like two weeks ago, and um they've actually stood up for comments on to the CMA and stuff like that. But, yeah, they should have been doing this for the last 10 years, which we have said repeatedly on this yes show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um brave could have been that but yeah they just feel kind of shady do you not think
0: you know the more yeah. i think about this their idea you know, like companies have like customer avatars right like their target audience to me a hundred percent of their target audience is you Stuart language yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah yeah if they
0: built something that you would be like i couldn't live without this and i want to pay them 10 quid a month because not only do i get a lot of value out of their product, but I want to support them. Like, they're good people. You know, the fact that they can't grab you, in my mind, means that there's a problem yeah. there.
1: And, and as I say, it's not that they can't grab me. They did grab me and then they ungrab me right. by going on about crypto bollocks. <laughs> it's- right. Yeah. which I just immediately nope out of. You like, And yeah, Jeremy, like you say, there's a whole bunch of, we did this by accident, like someone accidentally tripped, wrote a bunch of code and then committed it to Git. Like, that's not how it works.
2: <laughs> it, it also accidentally passed the code review. I got it. Yeah, it, yeah. but
1: my, my, my cat walked on the keyboard and typed in a thing which stole all your Amazon affiliate links. No, that's not how it <laughs> works. I don't, know wh- I don't know whether it was Amazon, and I don't know, wh- and they did say it was a mistake and so on, but yeah, they that and the tom scott thing and so on it just feels kind of shady and i think part of the reason it's shady is because they don't have a business model right i I don't know i mean john what you say is plausible but equally number of successful browser companies i've set up is naught. so it's entirely possible they looked at that and went you know what there's a lot of people who talk a big game about it but won't actually stump up 10 bucks a month when it comes down to it. Whereas people will pay for stuff like VPN. So I suspect why things like the VPN is in there is because they've gone, this is a product people will pay for and it's kind of aligned with our direction. So let's do that because we've established that people will pay for that where they won't pay for a browser.
2: Just got my second system notification and honestly, I will never open Brave again. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, this is
1: I
0: just think that there is a virus that is in silicon valley where that where some companies not all by any stretch operate in a in a world that is totally different to how everybody else operates in the world like if if you're like we've all run our own businesses right and when you start with when you run your own business you think to yourself okay who is my audience how much money have they got and how can i do something that's going to add value to them so they'll pay me some of that money and i can build a business and then you know for some people they'll earn money and they'll hire staff and all the rest of it right every single company whether you're a restaurant whether you are a mechanic whether you are a car manufacturer operates on those similar principles whereas a lot of silicon valley businesses they're just like well let's just build something that catches on and we'll figure out how we make money later on well, I mean, you've just described VC. That's how that works. Yeah, yeah. That, that's and venture well, capital,
1: dude. That's how it is. The, <laughs> no, but I, well,
0: I don't think that's one hundred percent fair. I think that there, I think there are there are certainly are VCs who will invest in those kinds of companies, but all too often, I think where there is where the, where the virus exists in my mind is that yes, the incentive model in Silicon Valley will reward people like the amount of pitch decks that I've seen of companies who are pitching for um, either I. I, I, they want my input on a pitch deck or they're doing angel investments or whatever, or it's something that I've seen through some other means. The amount where they talk about who their target market is, what their product is, but then they don't talk about their business model, how they're going to make money. They don't even have a set of goals around it.
2: I find it mind boggling. Is it? I mean, look look at Google. They absolutely had no business model at all when they started and tried right. two business models that failed miserably now they're one of the most valuable organizations on earth. I mean that's how hi- hyperscalers are sometimes built.
0: Yes, but I would argue and I think the statistics back this up that I mean what is it 1 in 20 VC backed companies have a huge exit. I just I just think the incentive model is 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 broken to a point whereby like there's no doubt that I'm not suggesting that you have to have everything completely figured out, but in my mind, there's got to be a reasonable level of like intuition and market research, and where you can where you can viably scale and build a business,
1: as opposed to just saying, "Well, what we'll do is we'll get loads of users and loads of attention, then money just starts crystallizing out of the air at some point." I mean, in in, in brave defence, they've gone, "Okay, so the business model for the modern world seems to be what we'll do is we'll get loads of attention, it just becomes money." We just did that and then called it a token. Basic attention token, right? Right. <laughs> I just, yeah, I just think it's one of
0: those things where there's nothing wrong with, in my mind, of saying like we can make money when we build a, a certain amount of scale and growth. And then that's when we'll start monetizing. I get that. Like a lot of companies who provide something for free and then they start, then they'll release their pro plan or whatever it might be. Tot- totally get that. And I also don't think there's anything wrong with people switching out their business models. What I find interesting about this is, at least from what I can tell with Brave, I just don't – it doesn't seem from what I, everything I've read that it was, there was any clarity on, like, who their audience was and which audience was likely to pay them money.
2: It turns out when money was free for far too long, a whole bunch of businesses got funded in a way that they will never return the value and they're not creating value. They just were taking free money. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: who, and it's, and it's baked into the
1: model, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's – Yeah. Ask yourselves the question, where is Brave Software headquartered? Which city near Jono are they in? (laughs) I don't need to look this up. (laughs) But yeah, so brief summaries. Um, uh, Jeremy, you installed Brave and will now be uninstalling
2: it. So genuinely was curious in some of the attention things, Like, was considering setting up LQ as a verified creator just out of curiosity more than anything. But no, using system notifications should be a hard no. I'm mind boggled that that's the path that they took.
1: Um, John going to find yourself installing Brave after this um hagiography we've just done?
2: No.
0: <laughs> so to me they're a fas I, I just think they're they're fascinating, right? And it just like like I just had my little rant. It, the thing that I find most surprising about this is just it just doesn't seem to be a lot of structure and focus on what they're there to do. Um and they've kind of lashed around and tried different things. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because sometimes you set out to do something and then it doesn't work. But I don't know what they set out to do beyond be the privacy browser. And it wasn't clear to me how they were going to draw a line between that and how to build a sustainable business. And all this crypto stuff and it just seems to be trying things until something sticks. And my worry there is when your reputation is we are the trusted privacy brand, that's when I think you get into a situation where people start questioning and, and not trusting you as much. So to me, it's just a bit sad, really, because I'd like Brave to be successful. I think we all would. What do you think, Mac?
1: It, it feels like a missed opportunity to be As I say, I mean, I was on board for this, and then I've kind of noped out of it because they feel really sus. Like, sketchy, I believe, is the word that the youth use. <laughs> you are their type. I mean, the fact that they've, am. they've not – Like, you are, like – the perfect brave super fan, yeah, and <laughs> no, because I'm I, I'm I, I'm the perfect crypto anti super fan, and nope, to of it. <laughs> but just sketchy stuff generally, and, and I do use brave a little bit, so I have one use for it, which is that, sure, on iOS, it can't turn off JavaScript on a site by site basis, but it can just turn off JavaScript in the browser as a whole. So if I if I open a link and that link is extremely annoying uh, but it's one thing I want to read one time I will quite often share that link to brave and read it there instead no javascript right so this mainly applies to uh news uh, paper websites and it mainly applies from that to links i get from google news and it doesn't, it, I mean, because it's hassle to do this, right? I've got to go into the share thing and pick it and then go and pick Brave and then it opens up in Brave and then I've got to read it there and then I've got to go back to the original browser and close down the tab or whatever there. So it's hassle to do this, which means that you have to be quite annoying to trip over this and I still do it a bunch. <laughs> so, um, so a small tip for iOS users there, if you want to look at a website but it's just being egregiously annoying, open it in a browser without JavaScript. And Brave is a good way of doing that. Yep. But that's all, that's all I use it for now. To wrap this up, let's do a
0: little round table. What do you, each of you guys think that, given where they are right now in this whole discussion, right, if Brave were listening to this podcast, what's a realistic thing you would recommend that they do? Right. And it's got to be practical. It's got to be something that they
2: could actually do, not just like, you know... I think you can be Facebook and try to iterate and break, you know, move fast and break things and not care about your reputation. Or you can be a privacy focused browser that tends that (laughs) claims to care, but you can't be both and they should pick one or the other.
1: Right. That's fair. Um, I have no suggestions for a business model, which aren't Jono, your suggestion that they should basically get people like me to pay them regular revenue a month. Um, And, I do not know whether they looked at that and said it won't happen if that can't happen, then I don't think Brave can exist because my suggestion would be drop all the crypto stuff, just take a big, long step away from all of that, and make a brilliant technical browser. I have no problem with it being based on chromium, right It was originally based on um they forked electron and built it on that. But they stopped doing that because of the maintenance burden, basically. It was too much effort to keep up with it, and they were a relatively small team. Um So I have no problem with it being based on CEF, Chromium Embedded Framework. Um If they dropped all of the crypto stuff and stopped... I mean, they have the same problem with Mozilla that they fanny about with stupid things that aren't part of the plan just because they sound interesting, technically. <laughs> right? But leave right. that aside. If they stopped doing all that and made a really good browser and kept doing the browser thing, so build Tor into the browser make it really easy to put shields up on a per website basis keep doing farbling which is their term for uh individually futzing the return values from little apis so they can't be used for tracking right this is all great this is all great technical stuff do that and then hope and hopefully there are enough people who would pay for that but maybe the answer is yeah to be you know a company with a hundred thousand users, all of whom pay you a 10 a month, rather than yeah. try and have 300 million users and work out a way to monetize them. just step away from the whole VC funding thing. Step away from crypto, build a good product that people who want it want. If what, if what you want to be, Jeremy, like, like Jeremy says, if what you want to be is someone who doesn't care about that reputation is used by everyone on earth. And is also a privacy protecting browser. I don't, I, there, there, there's no, there, there, there's no, Point where the two circles cross in that Venn diagram, unless it's an Euler diagram, right? Yeah, I mean my uh, my take on this
0: is I don't think the VC funding thing is that I don't think that's an issue in my mind. Like I think VCs are there to be speculative and to see where there is opportunity in markets and and I think there's nothing wrong with taking funding to build a business. But to me, what you've got to do is there's got to be a really clear audience. You know, I just did a quick search online. Apparently estimates are that there's about 24 million developers in the world right and then there's 4.9 billion internet users in the world right so 29 million developers is probably not big of a od- big enough of an audience for for brave but if you expand that to not just developers but people who are technically proficient users of the web i think there's going to be a huge audience out there of people who want to have the supercharged version of a web browser. And in my mind, what Brave should do is figure out those people, what they care about, what sucks about how they use the web, and then build a subscription model based upon that, where someone pays $10, $30, $50, whatever it is, they can tier it like every other SaaS company where you've got different tiers. And you can do really interesting, cool things with Brave that you can't do elsewhere. And, just build a real business and the crypto stuff is too volatile right now like like it's like jeremy said earlier on it's crazy town at
1: the beginning of anything that's new plus it's top plus it's top to bottom scam visual studio code has 14 million users right so, which so your 29 million figure seems semi-reasonable to me as a as a thing i thought that seems a bit low but now having looked that up no i think that's probably about right right and
0: you know, even if it's like if you have like one plan for developers, where you would buy that app, you'd be like, "That's twenty quid a month, well spent." I would be lost without it. And then maybe you have another plan for, you know, people who just use the web in a much more, you know, the kind of people who've got a million browser tabs open. Are the kind of people who should care about Brave, right? They they're doing lots of things at the same time on the web, and you can optimize that in some way.
1: That to me is what they should do. So. Yeah. It, it it doesn't show me anymore. I um, uh, I used to have a um an extension installed in Firefox which told me how many tabs I have open, but now it only tells me how many tabs I've got open in this window, which is forty two. But right. there's also another two Firefox windows on this virtual desktop, and then there are eight virtual desktops, and every one of them's got yep. Firefox on it.
0: So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I think there's all kinds of stuff they could do. So. Well, that was uh, another segment that we thought would take
1: twenty minutes
2: took the entire <laughs> show. <laughs> yes. It was in fact an entire show.
1: Yes. So there is one other thing I wanted to mention, and um, we have talked about Marius Quarbeck before, and he's great. Yes. Uh, yes. So Marius from NerdZoom Media has a new website. Ooh, it's very exciting. Yeah, nerdzoom.media. Media. So it's it's it be, uh, before it, I think he just said like NerdZoom Media and a phone number, and that was it. And now it's got testimonials, including from us and Mr. Bacon. And he's got links to all the stuff he does and stuff like that. So, yeah, uh, if you need anyone to do audio, video, editing at all, go and talk to him because he's cool. Um, apparently, he may do another one of these live editing of our show on Twitch things. Probably not for this show, but maybe for the one after.
0: Nice. Yeah, he's a great guy. He does fantastic work. And he doesn't just do audio. He does video and all kinds of stuff. So uh if you have audio, video needs... Go and talk to Marius. He's a great dude. Yeah. Um Yes. And it's important to note as well. He's been editing Lug Radio at uh, Lug Radio. Bad Voltage. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Two thousand
1: and nine. <laughs> the last show I was, know. dude. And that was a special.
0: <laughs> wow. He has been editing this podcast for years, and he hasn't charged us anything. Now he won't do that. You have to pay him. He does <laughs> yeah. that because he's just like likes the show. But um, you know, he's a kind-hearted, good dude. Is Marius? So. Yes. And right. uh, and well played to him okay yes all right i think we're out go let us know what you think in the community about brave and uh we'll see you on the next one and i'm gonna go and
1: turn my air conditioning on and then cry (laughs) except i can't (laughs) spare the water for tears
2: (laughs) and on that bombshell